Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I break down night number one of WrestleMania 36. Obviously, kind of surreal. Obviously, an experience that we've never had to deal with before, but an historic night number one of WrestleMania. Why? Because it's the only time I've been able to say night number one of WrestleMania because we're getting night number two. So we break down everything that took place in night number one, especially the AJ Styles Undertaker Boneyard match. And then we also get you ready for night number two of WrestleMania 36. We do all that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Were you entertained? Yes. Did you enjoy night one of WrestleMania? Yes. Did you like the Boneyard match? Yes. What else did you like? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to get into, man. And listen, going by social media, it's a probably a mixed bag of reactions. It's understandable, Bully, because we're going through something that we've never gone through for a WrestleMania. And there's a lot to get into from the start of the show all the way to that last segment of the show. But I think since we are main event guys, we should start with the main event, Bully, and that was The Undertaker and AJ Styles. With what they delivered and how it was shot, were you surprised that the main event was Undertaker and AJ in night number one? Absolutely not. What, what should have been the main event over that? Yeah, you, you could say the WWE Championship, correct? Because yes. the championship should always go on last. But what would people, how would people be reacting today if Goldberg versus Braun Strowman was last, if that was the last thing you got before WrestleMania went off the air last night, I mean, it would be bad. People would be rioting in the streets, <laughs> even though you're not allowed out in the streets right now. And social distancing, but they would be yeah. rioting. Yes. Yeah. I, I, to me, I, and I've said this, you know, hundreds of times on the show, the WWE Championship or the Universal Championships, those are the most important matches because that's your prestigious championships. They should go on last. However, every once in a while, um, circumstances present themselves where it shouldn't go on last. Do you think Taker and AJ would have still been last last night 
if Roman versus Goldberg was still going to happen? No, I think Roman and Goldberg probably would have been last last night because it was a championship match and also to give Roman that spotlight he deserves. So I think it would have been completely different if the circumstances were different last night. But do you think the match would have been any different? Do you think the match would have been longer or do you think they would have stuck to the two minute, you know, Ramones-esque, you know, (laughs) get in, get on, get off, get out, three chords, see you later, like they did last night? Bully, it's an excellent question because... If circumstances were, if we really truly got the WrestleMania 36 that we thought we were going to get in Tampa in front of 80,000 fans in one night, I mean, the only reason we're having it over two nights is because of the circumstances. You know, I think you've said it many, many times. You would have probably most likely would have gotten Roman and Goldberg to start WrestleMania 36 as opposed to end WrestleMania 36. Then you look ahead of now the split between the two nights. And if Roman was available, man, no, you know what? The more I think about it, Bully, probably they would have done it the same way that they did it last night. If Roman was available, you still would have gotten The Undertaker and AJ Styles to finish night number one. And why would why would you have got Taker and Styles as the last thing that you saw on night one? Because you probably would have gotten the same outcome with Roman and Goldberg as you got with Strowman and Goldberg last night. And no matter what Goldberg and Roman would have done, they would not have been able to follow what was done with AJ and The Undertaker. AJ and Taker was unfollowable. So unfollowable that I'm wondering if anybody's going to be able to follow it tonight. They... They are, after that whole thing was over, I could see Taker and AJ sitting back, smoking their cigars, drinking their whiskey, saying, follow that, guys. Because that was, last night, I I went on social media and I said it. It was one of the most entertaining spectacles I've ever seen. It had me from the moment it started. I was actually looking at my screen, and I'm smiling at times because I thought it was going so well. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, where are they going next? What are they going to do? 100% completely immersed in the story, the characters. I mean, right from the beginning, you think Taker's coming in the hearse because we're getting the old school Undertaker, but AJ pops out mimicking him. And then Taker on the bike, the American badass, Metallica in the background. Holy shit. (laughs) I mean, everything about it. And and I got to tell you, let's, let's give props where props are due. But then let's go a little bit outside of the box for where props belong, all right? First, props to AJ and Taker, okay? Because they were the stars of the show, and they put on a phenomenal, I don't want even to call it a match. It was a movie. It was the ending of an action movie. It was the ending of a horror movie. It was all those great things wrapped up into one. So kudos, AJ, Taker, boom, off the charts. Um whoever came up with the idea to actually go ahead and do it. I think I have uh, an idea whose mind this came out of uh, because we've kind of seen it before in another company. 
So kudos to the production staff, the editing, the lighting, the pyro. Everybody involved with the production of Taker and AJ deserves an attaboy, a round of applause, and a two thumbs up. And now we got to go outside of the box. And Dave, I think you might be on the same page with me. Who deserves a thumbs up also? Um, now, are you speaking of that name that you're talking about where we've seen this done before? Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Borash? Well, yeah, yeah, I believe Jeremy deserves a thumbs up because he was involved. But I'm going to say we got to give a thumbs up to Matt Hardy. We have to acknowledge Matt Hardy because what we saw last night from AJ and Taker was final deletion with a lot more polish. Would you agree with that? Yes, and, and, and when I mentioned Jeremy Borash, that goes hand-in-hand hand with Matt Hardy because they both work closely together on what we saw with TNA and the whole final deletion with Matt Hardy and Jeff, and this was extremely reminiscent of that. I think it was more focused, obviously, because the Matt Hardy segment wasn't supposed to be focused at all. It was supposed to be kind of like all over the place where this really was like a movie production. You know, we've seen in the WWE before them try to do this. I think this is the best piece that they've ever done like this. I, I, I've, this was truly like I plopped down my $16 to watch a major production in a movie theater. That's how, I, how well I thought that segment went off last night. Absolutely. And, you know, I saw people on social media um, saying, oh, they just ripped off Matt Hardy. They ripped off Final Deletion. Uh, this is not an original idea, blah, blah, blah. Newsflash, everything in pro wrestling is ripped off from someplace, some other person. Yeah, somebody originally comes up with an idea, but then other people borrow it or blatantly rip it off. WWE didn't blatantly rip it off. They borrowed from a good idea that Matt Hardy of shooting something completely different, but then put the Hollywood WWE production value to it. I mean, WWE has their own studios. They film their own movies. Last night, what we got was... The WWE's first, you know, feature movie at WrestleMania. And, and it came off so well. Did I find one or two things that I might have done just a tiny bit different? Yes. But for the most part, 99.9% uh, .9 of me absolutely loved it. I, I don't think they could have done a better job. I don't think they could have entertained people any better and to anybody who's sitting back this morning uh, saying that they didn't like it, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I just don't understand that either. And, you know, you and I are going to break down all what we saw last night, and we're going to get you ready for what we're going to see tonight as well. And I said this to Mark on our show yesterday, Bully. I said, with everything that's going on and the circumstances surrounding WrestleMania 36, it probably would be tough for me down the road to go back and watch WrestleMania 36. And that was in the back of my mind when I was watching that entire show last night. Did everybody give their all 100%? But it kind of did remind you of what we didn't have, and that was 80,000 fans. What that last segment did, what that last match did, it completely made you go into that escapism, which is what WrestleMania wanted you to do in the first place. And the first thing I did this morning when I woke up is went back and watched that segment with Undertaker and AJ Styles because it was memorable. We talk about WrestleMania moments. And I think we got a couple of those last night 
for sure, Bully. But that segment to me was extremely memorable. And that's going to be, no, and we don't know what's going to happen tonight. But that match to me will leave a lasting impression for decades to come. You know, we've talked about this many times. You're such a big Undertaker fan, and you love Undertaker's entrance. And you said you could watch it over and over again. I've gone on record to say, I don't need to see that Undertaker entrance anymore. I've seen it a hundred times. You can only do the lightning. You can only do the lightning different or the lighting different or the smoke different or the druids different so many times, but basically it's the same thing. It's kind of like a kiss concert. It's exciting to watch, but it's the same jam thing just with things put in different places. After last night, do you feel disappointed that you didn't get an undertaker entrance? No, not at all. Just the opposite. I was excited by the entrance that The Undertaker gave last night because it was completely different than anything we've seen from The Undertaker in the last 15 years. Um, seeing him ride up, we got a, li- we got a little bit of everybody in, in The Undertaker. You know, the unholy trinity yep. you know just be just being on the on the on the harley you get the american badass we got uh i guess we got ministry taker with the big symbol taker coming back to life that's the only thing dave the only part is when taker was in the um was was in the in the grave right yeah. and aj starts up the big uh payloader and he's about to dump the uh the dirt on him you know how they flashed the lights and Taker was standing behind AJ? Yeah. I thought they could have gotten, they could have milked it just a little more. I would have loved to have seen AJ like ride that tractor just a couple of feet where you see the, you see the dirt with, you know, like right over the grave and he's about to pour the dirt and AJ would have stood up to say that last thing to Taker and AJ would have realized, holy shit. He's not in the grave. And then, boom, the lights go on behind him. That was the only part. And, 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 and with the OC, I didn't need to see the OC last night. I get, I get why they were there. I get why Gallows and a- Anderson were there. That's cool. Uh, whatever. But I, I, they, were, they, were, not necessary. They, were, they were players that I just did not think were necessary. So those are the only tiny, tiny little things but other than that, I, the Undertaker's reborn in my eyes. He's reborn. He's reinvented. I mean, think about what they can do with Taker probably for the next, I don't know, three years. I'll take another couple of one of those action movie slash, you know, Why wrestling not? match slash WWE production matches with Undertaker as long as the right opponent is there. I mean, we talked about, oh, wouldn't it be great if Sting would show up? You know, now that they had this test run with AJ, which was an absolute grand slam off the charts, major, major, major victory. Could you imagine that production with Taker and Sting? That would be the way I would go. After watching what we saw last night, like you said, the production, because let's face it, when we mention Undertaker and Sting, it's all about the entrances. But, man, you could really do a lot with taking elements from what we saw last night with that type of matchup. And I love the way they ended it with AJ's hand outside the dirt. It's kind of that cliffhanger you would usually see in horror movies, like like Friday the 13th, where they end it with just a little bit enough, like saying, all right, is he alive? Is he dead? Like, you don't know that big question mark, you know? Seeing his hand above the dirt was the perfect way to end that segment last night. 
when you said, you know, ending it with, is he alive? Is he dead? The hand coming out of the dirt. <clears throat> Do you remember when we were younger, that, that show Chiller? <laughs> Chiller. With the hand that came out of the grave and it was all creepy. It reminded me of the old Chiller movie. But what it also reminded me of was kind of like a Kill Bill, you know, esque, you know, her coming out of the grave, the hand coming up through. You're not quite sure. Probably like I, I'm sure they've done the, the scene in a Freddy or Jason movie. It and then what it what it really really and this was a stretch. It reminded me the, at the end of Flash Gordon. At the end of Flash Gordon, when Ming the Merciless dies, you think Ming is dead, but then all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> and you don't really know if Ming's dead, but you don't think Ming's dead because you heard Ming. I don't know. Is AJ dead? Is he not dead? I guess we'll have to tune in and see. IndyCar fans, this is Brick by Brick with AJ Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. We can maybe provide you with a little distraction. I'm just missing racing. The season will start, and they'll have to be ready right when it starts. And I think we're really going to see the drivers that are physically and mentally most strong through this time are going to come out firing. If it's a shorter schedule, the start of this season is going to be even more critical than usual. New episodes air Wednesdays at 6 Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and anytime on demand with the SiriusXM app. Bully, why don't we go through? We talked about the last match, obviously, with Undertaker and AJ Styles. We talked about the Open with Stephanie McMahon. And for those about to rock, uh, we do have new champions to start off WrestleMania, and that's the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kari Sane, losing to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, your new WWE Women Tag Team Champions. It's funny, the Kabuki Warriors... Never really defended those titles much because it was more about Asuka and what was going on with her. But we do have new champions with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Good match. Decent match. Got the job done. Um, no problems with it. I, the way they started the match, I, I, I hated with, you know, with uh, with Kari, like pushing and shoving Alexa and then shoving Alexa right on her ass. I was just like, oh, man, why would you start that way? If this is the very first thing that we're seeing, very first match of this very different WrestleMania, I just thought it was a wonky way to start. But they got, a, they got that out of the way. They went on. Decent match. Was what it was. New champions. We're off, we're off to a fun start. And like you said, I thought it was really well worked by both teams, and they were in a very, very tough position. And then you had uh, Wait, King Wait, why were they in a tough, tough position? I think starting that show was was a little bit tough based on what you said. I know I know what you normally say about like when you have uh you know if you can't be you know if you can't be last be first. But but in this in this position, bully, I thought it was tough just because of that open and you know the you know expecting that pyro and then starting with the Kabuki Warriors and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I thought for me I thought that was a little bit of a rough start. But we got to acknowledge a little bit of reality, Dave. We don't know if that really was the first match. We 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 can we know that WrestleMania was taped way in advance. Obviously, last night was not live. So it was taped in advance. We don't know if they showed the matches in order. They probably taped everything the way they wanted, and then they decided where they wanted to put a match. I'm... Uh, if I had a better dollar, I'd say that that match wasn't the very first match that happened. Now, I could be wrong, but it was WWE's decision to put that match on first. 
You know what, Bully? That's an excellent point, and you're 100% right. You know, for all we know, that was the last match that was taped at the Performance Center. Uh, we, we, it's going to be even down the road. It's, you know, it was eight matches last night. We're getting eight matches this night. They had, there was a pre-show match, and we're going to get another pre-show match tonight. But you're 100% right. We got eight matches. Who knows? They, they've probably pieced everything together in order to make everything time out last night and tonight. So that's an excellent point by you. Yeah, man. They, 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 they taped everything out of order, and now they have all their puzzle pieces on one giant, you know, <laughs> one giant uh, white erase board, one giant table, and then, now they go, all right, we have these 16 matches. Let's put together the most even two shows we can. What do we want here? What do we want there? So – Despite this very difficult situation, WWE did have the opportunity to make these two nights very fair and balanced. Well, the next match they decided on was King Corbin and Elias. We saw on SmackDown, like, you know, King Corbin almost kill Elias. So King Corbin obviously didn't think he was going to show, but there was Elias uh, and Elias actually getting the win by a pull of the belt, pull of the pull of the trunks or the pants, whatever you want to say. But Elias defeats King Corbin last night in that second matchup. Well, it's about time they gave Elias a little something-something. You know, didn't uh, Corbin throw Elias off that balcony? He splat on the floor, needed to get some revenge. Good match, no problem with it, great effort, job done. Now, this is a matchup that caused a little bit of controversy on social media, Bully. And I want to get your take, obviously. It was a lot earlier than I thought we were going to see this match, but the next matchup was Becky Lynch against Shayna Baszler for that Raw Women's Championship. It was no surprise to me that Becky Lynch got the victory, but I was really shocked by how many people thought Shayna Baszler was going to beat Becky Lynch last night. I have no problem with what they did last night. The finish worked because it didn't bury Shayna. Becky didn't win with, uh, with beat her with her finish. She didn't make her tap. None of that stuff happened. She rolled through, got the win, kind of similar to the way she beat Ronda with a roll through and a pin. Shayna's shoulders were down, unlike Ronda's. Um, I think everybody in their mother was expecting Shayna to win, but I ask you, why? Why did you need Shayna to win last night? What was the big deal? I'd rather keep the championship double parked where it needs to be until we get through these real, very real world times with COVID and all this other black plague bullshit. And then once we get back on track, then we'll figure out what we're going to do. Right now, WWE needs to keep things as cheerful and happy and putting smiles on people's faces and entertaining as possible. Becky is a major, major superstar. She's over to the moon with the fan base. Yeah, there's a vocal minority that does not like her, but what would putting the championship on Shayna do for Shayna right now? Why? So Shayna could come out on Monday as your, or, or, or next Friday as your new champion in front of nobody and then do what? Keep it on Becky until we get through these times. Smart decision.
again, a, a lot of people's views of Becky Lynch have changed over the last year, and we've talked a lot about it on Busted Open, but focusing on Shayna Baszler, I saw so many tweets last night and this morning, Bully, of people saying that, well, you had Shayna Baszler just roll over the entire roster on Raw to get this title opportunity to lose. Well, isn't that what a number one contender is supposed to do? I mean, that's the reason why she's challenging the champion on a, a show like WrestleMania is because she did beat everybody on the Raw roster to get this opportunity. The other thing is this. When you look at this, I, I don't understand how anybody thought Shayna Baszler was going to win. And people had a, had, had a problem with the way she won. If you look at the way she won, this was the same way Kari Sane beat Shayna Baszler to win the NXT Women's Championship. So it kind of shows that the champion, Becky Lynch, did her homework. She focused on some of the weaknesses of Shayna Baszler, as a good champion would do, Bully, and then got the victory on a show like WrestleMania. I didn't have any problem with the matchup between those two last night. When a fighter is fighting another fighter, a boxer boxing another boxer, what do what is the very first thing that they do in preparation for the upcoming fight? They go back and watch the tape of the other fighter. Right, and they watch how the other fighter either won about or lost about. They look for the weaknesses, and it'd be a, it's, a, it's a very easy story to tell like you just did. We can assume that Becky Lynch watched Shayna versus Kari and Kari was able to roll through and beat her so that was Shayna's weakness and Becky took advantage of the weakness despite getting her ass kicked for the majority of the match right yep and Boom, right there, by, by the way story. great job by Becky because you know for most of that match it was Shayna Baszler that was on the offense and for me because because of the way that match ended it leaves it open for Shayna Baszler to possibly get another challenge down the road Absolutely get another challenge down the road. Right now, I'm, I, I, I personally think WWE needs to do only what it needs to do to keep the ball rolling. I don't think a, a championship uh, changing hands last night would have done anybody every, any good. Dave, are there more people in the WWE universe that love Becky Lynch or hate Becky Lynch? There's more that love Becky Lynch. So why would you ever, in these times, with as depressing as things could be right now, once you step foot out of your house or once you watch the 5 o'clock news, why would you ever want to depress people even more? Why would you want to take somebody that is loved by the majority of the WWE universe and have her do the job and lose so people can watch it? So, 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 so kids at home can go, oh, no. Becky lost. Dad, Mom, I love Becky. Oh, I'm so disappointed that she lost. You don't want to do that. If, if there was ever a time to keep your fan base happy, it's right now. And sure, the vocal minority is going to bitch, moan, and complain, blah, blah, blah. That's not who the WWE is catering to. Last night, they catered to the Becky Lynch fan, and Becky Lynch won. Becky Lynch didn't kill Shayna. Becky Lynch found a way to roll through. As a matter of fact, I would have had Shayna kick on three and a half. 
Hey everybody, your old pal Tony Bruno here, and starting on Monday, April 6th, I'll be bringing back the Tony Bruno Show to Sirius XM Radio Channel 211. We'll do the normal sports stuff, we'll cover everything that you need to know, and we'll deal with pop culture, music, travel, the interviews, energetic laughter. Harry Mays and I are going to be bringing the approachable style that's guaranteed to make you laugh and appreciate life. Listen to the Tony Bruno Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Starting Monday, April 6th on Dan Patrick Radio, Sirius XM Channel 211, and on the Sirius XM app. I thought a hot night, number one. Can't wait to see what we're going to see tonight. We'll, we'll start previewing the matchups. We'll get finished up with what we saw last night. But I also want to remind you that every day, NBA Radio is replaying classic games from the league's greatest players. Today at 4 Eastern, listen to LeBron James' career-defining performance as he leads the Miami Heat into Boston against Paul Pierce and the Celtics in Game 6 of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals exclusively on NBA Radio, Sirius 207, XM86, and the Sirius XM app. And also, today at 4 Eastern time, travel back to March 16th, 1986. I think that's when I first got married. When the likes of Morgan Shepard, Tim Richmond, Bobby Allison, and Buddy Baker were all competing at NASCAR's highest level. Don't miss the 1986 Motorcraft 500 from Atlanta International Raceway on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. And looking back, we won't go that far, Bully, but looking back, we'll go back to last night with Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn defeating Daniel Bryan to retain that Intercontinental title. I think a pretty good matchup between Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan last night. Good match. It's all it needed to be. It was a good match. I don't think anything is going to be as memorable as Taker and AJ. So everything else was, in my eyes, good. It did what it needed to do. It entertained me for that moment in time, for that 12 to 15 minutes, whatever they did. I mean, it's impossible for Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan to have a bad match. Both guys are so talented. I was popping when Bryan was just potatoing the piss out of Sammy, just punching him in the side yeah. of the head. You almost, I almost thought Sammy's going to look up at him and go, come on, brother, do I owe you trans or something like that? Did I forget <laughs> to pay the gas bill in the rental car or something? So, yeah, uh, good, good stuff from those guys. Yeah, and then we got the ladder match. And, you know, if this was any under any other circumstance, because Tommy Dreamer did a little post-show after WrestleMania last night on our podcast, Bully, just giving his thoughts of what took place last night. And he said if this was any other pay-per-view, that I would have been going crazy about this ladder match because of, you know, you're having a tag team ladder match for the tag team title and you're not actually having tag teams wrestle. Um, but under the circumstances, we understand why. And I thought extremely, you didn't have a problem. No, I don't understand why. Why was it not a tag match? Well, I, I, there's, there's all uh, stories that about the Miz not wanting to compete in the ladder match last night. So, so they made it a singles match that was for the tag team titles instead of a tag team match. So I guess it was more of like, hey, you know what? Anybody that does not want to compete or feel that their health is in jeopardy or their family, they cannot compete. Now, whether it was because of injuries or whether it was because of the fact that he didn't feel comfortable, they made it a singles match for the tag team titles instead of actual tag teams wrestling in that ladder match. So... Was the Miz sick or was the Miz just being extremely cautious? I've heard different stories from different people. 
Um, I, I, I think it was probably because of, you know, small children in his house, just had a baby, probably wanted to be very, very cautious and not have, you know, put his uh, family in jeopardy. Okay. Fair enough. If that's the reason we got to go with it, especially in these times, I kind of equate it to, um, uh, you know, the Saudi shows. If you really felt that strongly about the Saudi situation, just tell Vince, you don't want to go on the show. Obviously if, if, if the Miz was not sick, but he was playing extremely cautious for his own health and the health of his family. I'm sure he went to the other guys and said, guys, sorry, I, I don't feel safe about this. Went to Vince, said, I don't feel safe about it. And I'm, and I'm sure the WWE was, obviously, they were accommodating because it turned into a three-way singles match. Yeah, and, and there's other reports that he was ill. He had an undetermined illness, whether, whether that's true, whether he possibly I – don't, I, don't, I don't like really speculating on things that I don't know. So that's why I kind of threw out those three different scenarios, Bully. And each one you can make a case for. If he was ill, if he it didn't want to put his uh, family in jeopardy, or he did have an underlining injury going into that match, irregardless, like you said, Bully, and everybody has this preconceived notion of Vince McMahon – but you've been honest right from the get-go, especially about those Saudi shows. Hey, you know what? And we've seen some big names and even not-so-big names say no. I don't think you're going to you know, cut the legs out from under you if you decide not to be a part of these shows. Absolutely, because the reason why you wouldn't want to be a part of it is very understandable. So getting yeah. back to the match, great effort by the three guys. They busted their asses, did the absolute best that they could do. Good ladder match. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I thought the ladder match was very, very good. I thought John Morrison did a tremendous job. And like you talked about a heel and in a difficult position, too, because when there's a ladder match like that, and we've seen that in the past at WrestleMania, even like when they used to have the Money in the Bank matches at WrestleMania, the oohs and ahs from the crowd, you're not getting any of that. So you're really beating the shit out of your body without getting any extra adrenaline from that crowd noise. My favorite part of the ladder match was the fact that they just stuck to ladders. That was the only thing they used was the ladders. I don't remember. I don't think I saw a table or a chair involved. Did you? No. Good. They stuck to the gimmick of the match. Now, you know, being involved in this stuff for as long as I have been and being involved in these matches and as time goes on, as, as you mature and you see things from a different point of view and a more of a psychological point of view, I would have liked after every big move and attempt to go for the championships, like when um, like when Morrison did that parkour flip off of the um, off of the, 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 the post onto I think one of the Samoan guys laying down on the ladder and he did some flippy thing, splash, gimmick, acai, triple lindy, parkour <laughs> moonsault with a twist with a cherry on top. When he did that, that was great. Ooh, ah, whoa, that was spectacular. Look, let's replay it. Great. How come you didn't go climb? You should have been climbing the ladder right after that. Every time you hit a big move like that, you should be putting your body on the line and trying to harm your opponent because the very next thing that you're going to do is set up a ladder and go for those championships. Don't do moves just for the sake of doing moves. Do moves to incapacitate somebody so then you can set up a ladder and start climbing yourself. Yeah, and then and then we got the match after the ladder match. We got the match with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins where we had the uh, the restart of the match because you know, the DQ victory for Kevin Owens, and then he that wasn't satisfying to him. He wanted a no-DQ match. It became a no-DQ, no-count-out match. 
um, for uh, between those two. And, man, you got one of those big WrestleMania spots like you see, him going off the top of the Tron, you know, on onto Seth Rollins, which is a really, really cool spot. And I thought a very entertaining match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. And one of the most lengthy matches. Obviously, the most lengthy match was the one we saw with AJ Styles and The Undertaker, which was well over 30 minutes. But we got a nice 17, 18-minute match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins last night. When it comes to a traditional match, I thought that Owens and Rollins was the best thing that I saw last night. Obviously, overall, AJ and Taker was the best thing that I saw, but that had nothing to do with a traditional wrestling match. That was entertainment to the umpteenth degree. There wasn't even a wrestling ring involved. Uh, As far as pro wrestling uh, is concerned, Seth and Kevin gave us what I believe was the best match of the night. I liked the uh, the physicality, I liked the story, I liked the restart of the match. It was, You know what I found interesting? Everybody talking shit to one another last night, and it was <laughs> so audible. And somebody actually got in touch with me on, on social media and like, Bully, what do you think about all this? You can hear what people are saying. And I was going to retweet it and go, I've been doing it for 25 freaking years myself with an arena full of people. Now all of a sudden you can just hear them. I love the interaction between everybody. I love the smack talking between everybody. It feels like it's more real. So why not do it? And I like what I got with, uh, with Owens and Rollins. And I also think it's a distraction with there being no crowd. All the wrestlers were very, very vocal, not just with the trash talk, but just with the, 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 you know, the pain, the groans, the moans. Ooh, ah, yeah. ooh, ee, ah, oh, ooh. Oh, ah, ah, ooh, ee, ah, Eek, ah, ah, or, ah, 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 Eek, uh, ah, or, ah, ah. That was from the Jetsons. <laughs> Eek, ah, or, ah, ah, that, ah. I love you. Is, wait a second. Was that the Jetsons or the Flintstones? The Jetsons. Because I, I think that might have been the... Actually, you know what? You might be right. I have to go that back was, and watch. That, that's when uh, Judy Jetson was in love with the like the singer, like the Elvis guy. Eat, that's right. Ock, or, uh, uh. Anyway, whether it was the Jetsons <laughs> or, or the Flintstones, uh, it does, that doesn't really matter. Oh, what does matter is I really thought the wrestlers being vocal like that, Bully... Really was that distraction of there being no crowd. And like you said, it brought a lot of realism to it. And I think probably the most vocal of any match was the AJ and Undertaker match where you really didn't need him to be that vocal, but it brought a realism to that fight between those two. So whether it was the latter match or Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, I thought they did a great job. The other thing, too, is if there was one match that I really wasn't looking forward to, on the card last night, it was Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. I really didn't like the build between those two. I'm really not in love with the Seth Rollins uh, Monday Night Messiah character. I think the best thing that was done in the buildup was Kevin Owens this past Monday on Raw. Other than that, I didn't think there was much of a build. It wasn't one of those matches that was really standing out, but I do agree with you. That was one of the top three matches from night number one of WrestleMania 36. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that I just wanted to touch on real quick, other than the matches we're talking about, is the real-life situation that we're dealing with Corona and... All the people around the world that have passed away from this. To those people who are being negative about night one of WrestleMania, there are probably 70,000 people on this planet who didn't get a chance to watch WrestleMania because they're dead. 
Be happy that we have something that we can still be entertained by. Be happy that there's something out there that can help distract us from what's going on. Be happy that the show is going on. Everybody is taking as many precautions as they possibly can within the WWE, even in AEW. But last night, despite the fact that the world is shutting down and almost coming to a grinding halt, the WWE found a way for the show to go on. And I got to tell you, Dave, I was entertained. Was I off the charts entertained by every single match? No. Did I think certain matches were just good? Yeah, but you know what? For me last night, good was good enough. I'm not expecting something off the charts, incredible. And in certain matches like the ladder match and Seth versus uh, uh, versus Kevin and AJ Taker, uh, my ex- expectations were exceeded. So I went in there going, all right, we all got to suck this up and make the best of it. It's going to be weird without people, but I'm not making a big deal out of it because I'm still alive and breathing and I get to watch WrestleMania. So I'm going to allow myself to be entertained instead of being a negative douche nozzle and taking the social media and saying, oh, that sucked because there were no people there. Come on, man. Good job, WWE. Looking forward to tonight. And I actually read some tweets this morning are saying, you know, you know, after what we saw in night number one, they should cancel night number two. Like, first of all, that's ridiculous. Second of all, it's in the can. And first of, and third of all, I was entertained by it. And you know what, Bully? If this was any other WrestleMania, there were going to be matches that were great, and there were going to be matches that probably were a little below our expectation. That happens in any wrestling show. I mean, not every show is perfect. But, man, I can't believe that there are actual people that with everything that's going on, that you're actually going to criticize a performance or a match. That's the last thing you should do right now. You should just be thankful that we have a show to watch. And I got to give credit because there's a lot of dirt sheet riders, Bully. There was a lot of people, and we talked about it, there was a lot of people that thought that WrestleMania should have been canceled or postponed, and they were yelling and screaming about it leading up to what we saw last night. But I saw a lot of those same people saying, you know what, the decision was made, it's done, let's sit back and let's enjoy the show. And I think that's what everybody that's going to watch night number two, that's the thought that should be in their mind. A lot of people, like you said, Bully, are not going to be able to enjoy it. They may be in the hospital. There might be a loved one that's in the hospital that they cannot see because of what's going on. And there might be people that passed away over the course of the last three weeks who are wrestling fans that were looking forward to watching WrestleMania 36, and now they can't. You should be thinking of those people, and you should be thinking of the athletes that went out there and performed for you. The fans. So think of that when you're watching night number two tonight. Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our wide receiver episode, which showcases conversations with Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the SiriusXM app, search NFL Draft Previews, and enjoy. Judging from what we saw last night, I think this is going to be a hot, hot night for WrestleMania. Let's enjoy it. I know it's not under the perfect circumstances. I know a lot of the nation members that listen to the show is looking forward to seeing us in Tampa. But you know what? We'll do it next year out in L.A. And I'm sure 
Bully, when we get to the other side of this, Mother Marissa is going to set up some nice parties with the nation. So we'll be out there. But let's just sit back, enjoy what's going to happen tonight with night number two. And the best thing about it, Bully, is that we'll be on tomorrow morning to talk all about it. Also, our very own Tommy Dreamer is going to be doing about a 15 to 20-minute recap for uh, the Busted Open podcast. So right after night number two is done, Tommy's going to be doing a recap uh, for our podcast, you know, the Busted Open podcast. So make sure you listen. Make sure you subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. Also, SiriusXM's NFL Draft Previews podcast series is getting you ready for the big event at the end of April. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray, each episode focuses on a specific position and featured in-depth analysis and interviews with the top prospects for the NFL Draft. Right now, you can check out our Wide Receiver episode, which showcases conversations with Jerry Juday, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and more, as well as our Offensive Line episode featuring stars like uh, Tristan Wirfs, just download the SiriusXM app and search NFL Draft Previews and enjoy the episodes and more. And I'm sure, Guns, I probably butchered some of those names as I was doing that. I'm sure I did, but that's okay. Just if you're an NFL, nobody knows. Listen to the listen to our NFL Draft. Listen to the NFL Draft and listen to the SiriusXM app and on demand with some of our interviews of Busted Open. And make sure you subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. All seriousness, SiriusXM and NYU Langoon Health are bringing you special 24-7 channel with the latest information on the coronavirus. Here, coronavirus, what you need to know on channel 121 on both active and inactive radios. You'll hear what you need to know from the world's leading doctors. Additionally, a 24-7 hotline has been set up to provide expert answers to your coronavirus questions. That number is 877-40-COVID. That's 26843. And, Bully, you and I are going to be on the air tomorrow breaking down both night number one and night number two of WrestleMania 36. And as I mentioned, make sure you subscribe to the Busted Open podcast and hear Tommy break down in about a 15, 20-minute version right after night number two of WrestleMania 36 is all over. And, Bully, I'm really looking forward to being on with you tomorrow so we could talk about the entire weekend of WrestleMania 36. Yep, tomorrow should be a fun show. And if you're listening right now, after tonight is over, if you have questions for us tomorrow, hit the hashtag AskBustedOpen and we'll take whatever we got tonight and talk about it tomorrow just as if you were able to call into the show. Yeah, I love it. And you know what? Unfortunately, the longer that we're doing this, Bully, uh, hopefully we're going to have something set up where we can take phone calls. And SiriusXM is on top of it. I talked to a lot of executives yesterday, and they're doing their best to make this better for you, the listener. So, unfortunately, it seems like this is going to be going on for a while. So the longer that this goes on, we're going to try to get those phones back and be able to talk to the Busted Open Nation. But if we can't talk to them on the phones during the show, we got this Zoom thing 
Check yep. out uh, Joe from North Carolina with the uh, Busted Open Discord. It's a great opportunity for everybody out there to get involved, uh, stay in touch, have a good time. We get to see each other's faces. Me and Dave will be popping on uh, there as, as much as we possibly can. Joe is probably bouncing off the walls right now thinking, oh, my God, Bully mentioned the Discord. I'm so happy. I can't believe they kicked off Crazy Nikki. Bottom yeah. feeder. Yeah, I mean, I love Crazy Nikki. Bring her, I say bring her back because it was me that she was talking bad about that got her kicked off in the first place. And like I said, definitely subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. There's exclusive content on that podcast that you don't get on this show. So if you already listen to Busted Open, make sure you subscribe to the Busted Open podcast. All right, so let's get you ready for what we're going to see tonight because we're just two hours away from night number two of WrestleMania 36, Bully. So when you look at some of these matchups, let's kind of give our predictions. Otis and Dolph Ziggler, what do you think is going to happen between Otis and Dolph Ziggler tonight? Oh, yeah. Tucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go give me some of that Mandy Tuggy. Yeah. Man, I hope Otis goes over. I hope he goes over. And I hope he makes out with Mandy right there in the middle of the ring. And then grabs Sonya and makes out with her, too. <laughs> you know what? I'm going the other way. I actually think. Ah, you I suck. Think- I think Dolph Ziggler's going to win. He's going to be wearing a Motley Crue t-shirt, and he's going to make out <laughs> with Mandy Rose in the ring while Otis is crying outside the ring with Tucker's arm around his shoulder. You think Tucky's going to screw him over? Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. I think Tucky's going to screw Maybe Tucky screws over Otis, and Tucky gets Mandy. Mandy's the prize in this whole thing. Yeah. Well, you know what? And, 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 and look Ziggler. at Dolph. Dolph can do it everywhere. Dolph is like the Vince Neal not Vince Neal now, Vince Neal Vince then. Neal back in 1983. <laughs> Let's make that abundantly clear that this is that he's Vince Neal in 1984-85. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler's a good-looking man. So, you know what? Kudos to Dolph Ziggler. So, but I do hope Otis goes over. No, I don't. Let's all right. Let's look at how about this? <laughs> Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley. Because it's because let's face it, it's Otis's fault that he's in this predicament to begin with. I mean, come on now. Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley. Um, Bobby Lashley is somebody that should be in a main event at WrestleMania. I'd love to see Bobby Lashley one day go up against Brock Lesnar, though. Looking at this matchup, I think it's gonna be Alistair Black that goes over on Bobby. What do you think? Black Mass, one, two, three. There you go. Uh, the Street Profits are going up against Austin Theory and Angel Garza with Selena Vega for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. I'd keep them on the Profits. I think so, too, because it really shouldn't be Austin Theory in this position to begin with. So, But, you know, Zelina Vega is the ace, so maybe Zelina Vega gets involved and maybe we see new tag team champions. All right, yeah. Bailey, Bailey, your champion, going up against in a fatal five-way elimination match, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and somebody that they've been putting over pretty big the last couple of weeks, Tamina. They've been putting Tamina over like crazy. Is there any chance Tamina's walking out of here as your new champion? And if so, why? No. I think they've been doing that to sell you on Tamina because a lot of people didn't think Tamina deserved to be in the match, and now she deserves to be in it, but I don't think Tamina's winning. I don't understand. Uh, Maybe you can help me. Why the hesitation on Sasha? If Sasha is such a good worker, maybe this is where Sasha Banks wins and maybe Sasha Banks becomes new champion tonight or 
this starts a war between her and Bailey. I, I don't know, but I, I think be more than Lacey Evans and Tamina and Naomi, I think this is about Bailey and Sasha. And maybe either A, we see a new champion, or B, Sasha is the one that causes Bailey to lose this championship tonight. And then we see a feud between Bailey and Sasha and the new champion on top of that. Um, I just don't think Bailey is going to be your champion coming out of this match tonight. Uh, much like uh, what I was talking about with Oscar earlier, I think that they need to hit the gas on Sasha again. Uh, I know in the past that there have been some extenuating circumstances as to why things had to start and then stop. Hopefully those uh, reasons are all past her or the company or both. And they can get back on track with her because when it comes to uh, working in that ring and putting on great matches, Sasha is definitely up there. So whether or not whether or not they just decide to hit cruise control with Sasha and Bailey until the crowds come back or not, we shall see. This is an interesting matchup, and it, and you can make a case that this could be the main event in a last man standing match: Edge and Randy Orton. Uh, I think you got to give Edge. I think you got to pay it off. Give it to Edge. Without a doubt. This, this is, is one of those matches where it's going to hurt there not being a live crowd. Uh, for some reason, I don't think so. I think this is the easiest match without the live crowd. Other than AJ and Taker, which is a produced, you know, Hollywood Studios, mm -hmm. WWE Studios. Which I think Edge and Orton is going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to it, and you know, you talk about without and without needing the crowd at all. I I I think I, I think I said it last week. I don't think they needed a crowd. Bully, I hope you're right. One match that's going to be a production piece, a la AJ and the Undertaker, John Cena versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. I, I just want to go back to Edge and Orton for one second, sure. because do you remember that great fight between Roddy Piper? And the African American guy in They Live. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. Um, jeez, oh it was uh, David something. Damn, I can't, I forget his last name, but his first name is David. But okay, yes, Roddy Piper and David in They in They Live. That great uh, fight that they had in the alley. Yeah, one of the greatest fight scenes in movie history. Keith David. I'm sorry, his last name is David. It's Keith David, the actor. I think Edge and Orton can do something as good as that with a lot more bells and whistles. I and I think they're going to come out of that with that kind of last man standing type fight. So back on to, to Bray and Cena. Um, I have two trains of thought. Obviously, Bray has to go over because of what happened in Saudi with Goldberg. But then there's the train of thought that Vince McMahon is going to sit back laughing, reading his social media when he puts Cena over and pisses everybody off. Oh, my God. They, that would be crazy. All right. Two last matches. Uh, this one's an interesting one. Rhea Ripley, your NXT champion, and Charlotte Flair. On paper, you would think Charlotte Flair is going to win, but that would make her an NXT champion. What do you think is going to happen between Rhea and Charlotte? If you're putting the championship on Charlotte, it's to have more people tune into NXT on Wednesdays, yes or no? Yes. When Charlotte was on NXT that one Wednesday, it it, it didn't really pop a rating, did it? Um, no, the only time they really popped a rating when they beat AEW was around Survivor Series. Outside when, of that. When Becky tweeted that she was going to be around. Yes. Yep. 
Okay, so I'm not really sure. Is this this is a good way to make Rhea? Give her a good win. It doesn't have to be an ultra strong win. It could be a win in the same sense of how Becky beat Shayna last night. Charlotte is Teflon. You can't hurt her by having Rhea go over in a quick one, two, three way with Charlotte kicking on three and a half. Now, I wouldn't have Rhea just completely hit Charlotte with her finish and have Charlotte just lay in there. I think it's entirely too soon for that. But I think there's a way to get Rhea over. Now, also, Rhea gets over, Charlotte goes over. Sure, we can go that route out also. This one, really, really don't know. Couldn't couldn't call it. I really can't call any of them. It's just a guess. I'm just hoping to be entertained. All right, we only got about a minute left, Bully, so probably your main event. Brock Lesnar, your champion against Drew McIntyre. I would hope that all of this hard work that Brock put into Drew McIntyre is going to pay off, and I think it will. I think we get Drew McIntyre going over. Um, If for some crazy reason he didn't go over tonight and there was some wonky finish that made you tune in to Raw tomorrow for the rematch, but Drew, I I think Drew has to go over. And here's the thing. We don't know the next time we're going to be in front of a crowd, so you can't take that into consideration. It could be weeks. It could be months. And by the way, things look, it looks like it's going to be months. Either way, Bully, enjoy tonight. The best thing about it is you get to hear us tomorrow right here on Busted Open. Stay in touch on social media. See you on the Discord. Everybody stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay inside. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Wash everything. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.